You're listening to Force Friends Rewatch, a Star Wars TV show podcast. From Rebels to Resistance and The Mandalorian to Ewoks, we've got you covered. Here's your warning, there will be spoilers. And there will be swearing, because our host just gets so gonk darn excited to talk about these good, good shows. Welcome to Force Friends Rewatch. I'm your host, Andy. And I'm Ryan. On Force Friends Rewatch, we watch Star Wars television shows and then we talk about them. We are currently covering every Mandalorian-themed episode from Clone Wars through Rebels on our way up to The Mandalorian. This week we watched episodes of the season three finale. I don't know what numbers they are, but Zero Hour, part one and part two. I think they were 21 and 22. No one fucking cares. Uh, (laughs) Season 3 finale. uh, And we're joined by guests. We are joined by our friends. We've been boarded by the Holonet Marauders. Oh, no. Thanks for having us, guys. Yeah, thanks for having us. Thank you. Yes, this is Jam and AJ, uh, two-thirds of the fabulous Holonet Marauders, which we will be boarding them right back in the near future uh yes. yeah welcome welcome i i love this uh pirating terms of boarding and whatnot i just love it i love everything about it it's just it just <laughs> further enforces the brand <laughs> we knew you would it, it's all too appropriate uh so before we get into the episodes i believe ryan has a fun bit that he sprung on <laughs> us literally oh, right boy. when we sat oh, down Lord. to start recording uh it was very mean to our guests we've all been panicking ryan what's I'm so the bit? sorry tell the audience i'm i'm lucky they all like me um or maybe that's the lie, that's because the bit is yeah right everyone's favorite part of corporate orientation we're gonna play two truths and a lie star wars edition <sighs> there would be music here but licensing so, uh, yeah, <laughs> who wants to go first in this horrible, horrible boardroom ritual with your Ryan, Star Wars Two you Truths and Star Wars? Oh God! Yeah. Okay, because yeah, this Ryan, is you your fault. Yes. Um, my two truths and my lie. Uh, I like Star Wars. I watch Star Wars, and I hate porgs. No, I'm kidding. Um, my two truths and a lie will probably be, uh. I should have thought of some, too. I have been a Star Wars character at a Disney park. I met Ian McDermott at a hotel bar. And I have built several life-size replica gonk droids. And I don't know why it's several any more than you do. I could have stopped at one. Hmm. You've met, like, everyone at a bar. So that one's a truth. What does that say about me? Yeah. What does that say about them? I'm 99% certain that the first one is true also, um, which we'll get into after we reveal the answer. <laughs> we uh, will. We so I'm going to guess what the last one is your lie. You built several gonk droids. You've only built one gonk droid. Is that the guess? Yeah. I have yes. never met Ian McDermott, but I have two gonk droids. Ooh. Ah. <laughs> Bastard. Can you make us Man, a gonk droid? We would gladly one. accept one. <laughs> I might have to. I wonder what shipping would look like on that. For those who don't know, I'm in Los Angeles and they're in Boston. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, I was. Uh, I, 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 yeah, I, in exchange for some comp tickets, thanks to the Rebel Legion, I was a Rebel soldier in like eight Disney World parades and found out many years later that future good friend Jamie was in the crowd for one of them and was yeah. probably like oh, five yeah. feet from me for a second. This, so this was in 2015. So the, yeah, the last time I went yeah. to Disney World. So it was the very last Star Wars weekends. And so I was barely a Star Wars fan at this point in my life. And so we're watching the parade. It's just me and my parents. And I took photos of everyone. And like I knew what the Rebel Legion of the 501st was. And I'm like, oh, this is really cool. And I thought they were all just like local people, not like countrywide <laughs> worldwide or whatever and then like literally last year i reshared a photo or something and ryan's like wait that's that's me and i'm like 
Oh my, what? So, yeah, paths crossed, and we didn't even know. You noticed someone else. And then it... No, I remember, I wasn't in the photo. The photo was of the person behind me. I would have had to be standing next to you when you took the photo. But I am not in the photo because the Rebel Troopers were the most boring characters in the Disney parade. Oh, gosh. (laughs) This plot just keeps thickening. But yeah, it's... And the funniest it's part hard. is, like, the woman that the photo was of, she's, like, a local member of, like, my base. And I'm like, oh, my God. Like, how did this even happen? So that's that's that. That's right. It was Mon Mothma, right? Yeah. Yep. There's. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Jim, you have to go now. Okay. I'll go now. Yes. Um. All right. Let's oh, see. Fine. So two truths and a lie from me. Let's see. Uh. I saw The Phantom Menace in 2012 in 3D, and I spent the entire time driving home pretending it was a pod race. <laughs> My favorite animal in Star Wars is a Lothcat, and I've never been to Galaxy's Edge, but I love the fact that they have a radio station so much that I created my own original character who's a Star Wars DJ. <laughs> <laughs> I have something to say about that in a minute, that Jamie told me about. <laughs> I guess the second one's the lie. Oh, really? Yeah, we all pretend the freeway is a pod race. <laughs> <laughs> and don't don't you run a run an Instagram porg account like some kind of weirdo? I know nothing about. So it that. can't be a lot. <laughs> <laughs> oh uh, yeah, I think I think you- I'm with Andy. I think yeah, your favorite animal is not a loth cat. You guys are all correct. Uh, yeah, I went all in on my hey. truths and uh, kind of forgot to write a lie. So I'm like, ah, and looks literally I my like it. dozen porgs who just stared at me like, you want to talk about us? And I'm like, <laughs> no, I don't. So <laughs> I relate. I relate. Ryan, uh, Jamie told me last night. Was it last night? Yeah, we were looking at U- YouTube videos of right. uh, of Batu, just like a walking tour because we were bored and um. Jamie was like, so Ryan told me that he listened once he went in the bathroom and listened to the uh, the radio broadcast because you can hear it in there the best. And Becca was like, where the hell is he? <laughs> is this true? That's, that should have been my truth. Um, it should have yeah, been one of your things. It, <laughs> it was her 23rd birthday and we were at Galaxy's Edge with a couple <laughs> of friends. And I legitimately had to go to the bathroom. But once I got there, I realized, wow. You can hear the radio broadcast really well in the stall. It's the best acoustics in the park. And I sat there for like a half hour listening to a pod race and a droid fight. And then I started, I looked at my phone and I had so many texts. <laughs> That's all I aspire to do. They were very concerned. That's amazing. That's it. Oh, what a time. What a time. Good stuff. Good stuff. Who's up? Who's up? All right. I'll go next. Yes. Um, oh boy. Okay. I have not told anyone this, but I have made out with one Star Wars actor. Um, I once lied to a woman with a clipboard wearing a polo shirt at Comic-Con, and she took me to meet Anthony Daniels. No, not Anthony Daniels. Peter Mayhew and, um... Blanking on his name. I'm a bad fan. Daniel Logan. There we go. Um, and my third one is that uh, the local evangelical church once recruited me to run their Star Wars themed uh, Christian vacation Bible school. These are all plausible. I, I, You're calling me a slut, Ryan? <laughs> no, I'm calling you a very really attractive out. person. You're a very attractive person who's very good at putting yourself in situations you want to be in, and I do not yeah, believe no, you would fair. turn down making out with the Star Wars actor. I also know of your reverence for the power of a clipboard, and I know that you know that would be the person <laughs> to seek out. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, she huh. she approached me. I mean, I was in full stormtrooper gear. It was my first ever trip. All right. Mm-hmm. All right. Then I. If think... this is true, I'm gonna guess that's I'm the going, lie. I'm going with actually. The, yeah, I'm going with clipboard uh, 
lady is the lie. I'm gonna dissent, and I do not think you have made out with a Star Wars actor. I haven't. <laughs> oh, that's my lie. I have not. Hmm. I was really hopeful that, that you, you sold it. Though. Well, there you go. Yeah. You really sold it, yeah. I when you when you when you changed what Star Wars actor it was, I thought that was you trying to sell it. Yeah. And so I was like, that. Oh no, that, no. I mean, I I did not name the Star Wars actor I've made out with. I I, I named the no, people no 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 no. I mean, when when. In the, in the clipboard one, yeah, that's what I mean. When you oh, changed yeah, yeah, yeah. what actor it was, I didn't think you were saying you made out with Peter Mayhew. God. No. Um, God, I, I wish. No, yeah. <laughs> Strong hands. Like right. I <laughs> uh, shook his hand once, and I, I, I felt the bones rearrange in my own. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I want to know that did make eyes at me at Celebration. I will say that. It was oh, almost oh. like we made out. <laughs> <laughs> Your eyes made almost. out. Almost. We we are we made eye contact briefly. <laughs> That's like halfway to first base when you really get down to it. <laughs> all right, Edja, you're up. Hey, all right. Wait, wait, wait! So, I want to know about the clipboard lady. I want to know what the hell happened there. I was friends with you then, and I don't know about that. <laughs> uh, it was my first time trooping. It was Wizard World Philly, like I don't know, 2010. I'm like standing towards the front of the convention hall and like posing for people. And this lady in a polo shirt with a clipboard walks up to me and she goes, Hey, you're late. And I was like, excuse me. She said, you're, you're late for the, the meeting. We got to go. And I was like, what meeting? And she was like, you're my escort for the VIPs. Right. And I was like, uh, uh, yeah, of course. (laughs) And so she leads me, uh, like through the convention center and we go to this like dark room and I'm like, this lady's about to, uh, murder me because <laughs> I'm in this dark room and I can't defend myself or something great's about to happen. And sure enough, uh, out came Daniel Logan and Peter Mayhew. And if you've ever like followed Daniel Logan on social media or ever met him. He's the most enthusiastic person ever. So he's like, oh boy, yeah. look at you. Look at this arm. Oh boy, wow. Can I want your blaster? Wow. And I'm like, oh no, oh no. And I'm just like, oh, you're so cool. Oh, this is great. And Peter Mayhew's like, oh yeah. Like, uh, you're uh, one of them stormtroopers. And I'm like, dude, you're fucking Chewbacca. Um, and we took an elevator together. Which had me geeking out because I was in an elevator with Chewie and it just felt like Cloud City. <laughs> yes. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. But this time Boba Fett was on your side. I stood on stage behind them for like 45 minutes while they did, they did a Q&A and I like died of heat exhaustion. And then uh, <laughs> I got to talk to them a little bit more. Uh, but yeah, it was fun. That's an incredible That's awesome. experience. That's great. That's peak Andy. I love how that was like your first love. event. Like I always say, like I absolutely advise do not do conventions as your first event for any of the clubs because it's just absolute chaos. But I mean, you might get an but experience that's... like that. <laughs> I was not done my armor. My mentor let me wear his old kit. Oh my gosh! Oh nice. So I was suited up in Ken's old kit. <laughs> And then uh, there was, like, a huge issue with my armor. Like, the the molds I had gotten, like, weren't sized for me. And so I ended up selling that. And I was like, hey, Ken, can I buy your old kit off you? Like, you never wear it. And it fit me great. And he was like, yeah, deal. That's so I ended funny. up buying that armor off him. Yeah, You hit the good. lottery several crazy, times crazy time. then. Yeah. Right oh, yeah. My my life is right. a series of really good luck and <laughs> massive setbacks. <laughs> you make it work. What uh what do you have, AJ? Alright, alright. So I once high fived Ahmed Best at Star Wars Celebration. The only one I've been to. Um I someone reached out to me on Instagram once to be paid to be Kylo Ren. At a bar in Boston, um, eh, like a year and a half ago or so, uh, before I was in Bible First and whatnot. So I think that would have technically been 
legal. Um, and then my last one is uh, at Star Wars Celebration, we decided to meet, do a photo op with John Ratzenberger uh, solely because he was on Cheers, which was set in our homeland of Boston. <laughs> These are that all last plausible. one is the lie because I listened to the Phantom Menace Hollow Net Marauders episode mm-hmm. and you got pictures with Panaka. We did. Hmm. I'm going to guess the first one, though. High five from Ahmed Best. I I don't remember that one. That's a little fuzzy for me. I swear I was saying that even even before Jamie said that, I was thinking it was the high five because I feel like even though you got Ahmed Best, he's great. (laughs) I know. I do. (laughs) I'm not happy that's the lie by any stretch, but I think it is. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Ahmed Best is the lie, unfortunately. Damn. Yeah. Like, I don't remember that one happening. But yeah, we did meet yeah, we John Ratzenberger. Yeah, it was great. That's, uh, yeah, was he cool? I think oh, he was yeah. a little uh, yeah. drunk, but uh, yeah, he was cool. <laughs> That's fair. That's the only way to get I would have to, be, though, to be fair. I was going to say, like, if I ever did meet and greets, I would have to be drunk for them. Just like a little. Yeah. <laughs> the last thing I said to him was, I look forward to Toy Story 4. <laughs> walked away. He was just like smiling. What did he, he say? Anything? He was just kind of like, uh, all right. Uh, he smiled. I don't know. <laughs> we told him we were from Boston, and he was like, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I love I it. We, I'm we sure he's so over Bostonians. I love it. I guess, yeah. Ugh. <laughs> all right, so let's dig into yeah. these episodes. Yeah, sorry I put you through that, but now we know each other all the better. <laughs> yeah, 20, mm. 20 minutes in, we can talk about Star Wars TV shows. <laughs> That's <was laughs> the only thing we talk about. <laughs> it is the only thing we talk about. Uh, I'm going to do the quickest recap ever so we can actually get into the meat of, of of these two very good episodes of Rebels. You should watch these episodes of Rebels if you haven't seen them. What the fuck are you doing listening to this yeah. podcast? <laughs> so, the ep- episodes open with uh, my boy Callus, my sweet, beautiful son, Agent Callus, trying to get a message out to the Rebels uh, Thrawn and him have a very sexual fight. Callus gets captured. The her- the rebels realize that it's it it's a trap, and they got to call off their attack. Jan Dodana's there for some reason. Imperial yes. blockade. Sato sacrifices himself. There's a lot of pew 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 whoosh, explosions. Ezra escapes to go get help. Comes back with Mandalorians, uh, which is why we're here. Kanan fights a cloud man, dear moose, ghost Jedi. Uh, Thrawn is like, I'm a badass. It's art. Um, There's walkers. Rex and uh, Zeb are like, oh, we're two gruff gay uncles. Uh, Soldiering. (laughs) Um, More Mandalorians show up. And uh, the heroes barely escape because the force ghost moose becomes a cloud. I love it. Those are the two episodes. That's it. Fastest recap we've ever had. Beautifully put. This is beautiful to listen to because obviously uh, to prep for this, we rewatched them. And, um, as one does for this podcast. Yes. 20 minutes ago. Yeah, literally 20 minutes ago. And so everything is coming rapid fire. Like, it's art. The moose. And I'm like, oh my God, this is perfect. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I always rewatch the episodes uh, either the day we record or I rewatch the episodes the day we're going to record and then we record three weeks later. And that makes the recap a little more tricky. But I just watched them today. So perfect, it was all perfect. fresh. I watched these like a week ago, but that recap brought it all back. <laughs> these episodes slap really fucking hard. Yes. They're good like, episodes. Yeah, I like almost forgot about them because they're not like the biggest moments in the series, but they're like, I mean, they're two really good, um, you know, parts of the finale there. Um, yeah, it's good Star Wars. Yeah. yeah the big it's, it's thing. Great. The big thing I had forgotten was that they were meeting up to attack Lothal. 
And that's like really yeah. important for mm-hmm. Ezra. Like it's this really like emotional beat for him in that like multiple rebel cells are coming together to try and free his home world. And it all blows up in his face, which is rough. Yeah. I also had forgotten how many people die. A yeah. lot of yeah, a lot of rebels die. It's a rough episode. Yeah, I forgot we lost Sato. It makes sense. Sato, yeah, yeah. super intense. Episode. The original Holdo maneuver. Right, right. We're like starting to like rewatch. Yeah, seriously. Um, yeah, like that's that's incredible. I like, loved that shit. Yeah, that ship. Oh, I was sad about that. Doesn't that ship? That was an old Legends ship, but like a really obscure one. I think it was Which from ones? like Truset Bakura or something. The uh, Sato's the Thai carrier. carrier. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's the one that him and um, uh, Hera's dad. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 Because yeah. yeah, Cham wants yeah, yeah, to blow it up, yeah, yeah. and then they're the like, "No, no, we need it." And Cham's like, "Ah, oh, whatever, sure, we'll, we'll blow it up." <laughs> Speaking of ships, like this is the first really great space battle in Rebels, I think. But um, I don't know what the. It's I had it here in my notes. Yes. The Dornian gunship shows up. The, the yes, little like I love that ship design. Yes, I knew yes. It's it it looks like a cross. I don't know if if y'all know it's it looks like a cross between the Bongo from episode one and oh, I'm looking the at Rebel now, Blockade yeah. Runner. Yeah. Much it, to Alexander Freed's joy. I named my car <laughs> yeah. after the Dornian gunship from Twilight Squadron. Did you really? Yeah, and I tweeted oh God, about I it. What's that one called? Oh, I the the Apollon's Pride, Apollonian's Pride. Oh, there you um, go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, <laughs> I don't know how to pronounce it because, I, like, I fucking read it. The title, the name I mean, in, it's a, in a book, and it's a Star Wars name. Um. <laughs> But yeah, I, I like just casually tweeted about it, and Alexander Freed was like, "That's awesome! What?" And I was like, "Dude, what are you doing on my Twitter? You're, <laughs> I'm a loser." Uh, but yeah, <laughs> I, love I love that ship design, and it's fucking underrated as hell. And I didn't realize it was in Rebels. I never even noticed it in Return of the Jedi until like I remember it's on screen it for two school. goddamn seconds. I know StarWars.com posted a photo of it, and they had a contest. For people to like submit a backstory, and I, I, I still like don't believe it's in Return of the Jedi. I know it is, <laughs> but I'm a skeptic. But it was here, man, and that I just remember having a really emotional reaction to that when I first watched it, and I don't know why. It's 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 the Andy in me, I think. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good, it's a good ship. It's a good ship. It's a good ship. You know, but the battle. I mean, this this was Thrawn. Like, as as we knew Thrawn in the books, and as, like, this was Thrawn at his Thrawnius, if you will. Yeah. I was going to say, like, just Thrawn doing all, like, the um, the strategy and whatnot. We never really see that much strategy or the behind the scenes of yeah. it all um, kind of unfolding. It's like a, a chess match. Or I wrote in my notes, chess match. Uh, <laughs> <from> roll. <laughs> That's bad. So, that was... Um, that was like a highlight for me rewatching the episode, and uh, I love seeing the way that know, it unfolds. See... Um, yeah, sorry to yeah. cut, but yeah, like unfolds between like the other Imperial officers because it shows you just how on a separate level Thrawn is compared to them. Because um, Constantine doesn't care what Thrawn's doing; he just he's just in it for himself and for the glory. And Thrawn's just like, no, no, we shouldn't be doing that. It's for the Emperor, and it's a uh, for the greater good. And Constantine's like, no, no, I'm just gonna win. That's just all it's about. And then he dies. <laughs> I forgot Constantine died. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I have a redaction. It was Apollina's promise, not pride. Apollina's promise. Wait, is that like like Queen Apollina from Naboo? Maybe I don't know. Mm. Ask Alexander right. Freed. He's on Twitter. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> he's always watching. Yeah, Thrawn. Thrawn is super good, and it. All of season three, Thrawn is like, we're going to let the rebels go for a more opportune moment. And you're watching and it's like, okay, like, I get it that he can't, like, capture and murder the main characters, but that's a bit cheesy. But, like, the payoff here is horrifying. Like, yeah, you know, it's one, you know, that from the opening of A New Hope and with Rogue One, like at this point, right around the corner. 
that the rebels can't have their first major victory until Rogue One. So you kind of yeah. know this attack ain't going to work out for them. And then two, it's not just Phoenix Cell, which is kind of small at risk. It is a lot more than just them now. Like you see these other rebel cells showing up to assist, namely Dodama, and the threat now feels way bigger. And Thrawn decimates the shit out of everyone. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. It's needed, though, to set up the greater rebellion. So it, they have to show their failures and actually showing not being not being successful at all before they actually like show as they are like a really strong force. And it's the first time they all truly have to like work together and they are doing a good job overall. But um, a little bit of failure needs to happen first before obviously we get the events later on in Rogue One and whatnot. Absolutely. And something yeah. that I love that Rebels does really well is uh, resource acquisition. Mm hmm. Like when the rebels get a new ship or piece of technology or weapon, like it's a big deal. And when they lose one, it's a big deal. Like you yeah. get to know the ships yeah. of Phoenix Cell really well from when it's just the ghost to when it's the ghost and the couple of Corvettes to getting the hammerheads to, you know, getting the Y wings and then giving them to, uh, you know, Yavin Cell to, uh, you know, they lose Phoenix home, then they get a new Phoenix home, and then, I mean, they lose it in this episode, but, like, e each of those acquisitions matter, and it tells the story, and losing them matters. Yeah, it really yeah, does absolutely. a good job showing the growth of the group, and I think this is, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think this is the first episode where we really see the Rebel Alliance because it's formed in Secret Cargo, which is a few episodes ago, and then they tell like smaller stories like AP5 and then Darth Maul, but then we come back like this is the first time we see the Alliance in action. And it yeah, it, well yeah, that's, yeah, this that's is the first the time where it's starts. not just Sato Cell. Yeah, and it makes like what what I mean what you were both saying like it makes Rogue <laughs> One the victory at Scarif means more knowing that they got their asses handed to them here and so many other times. And not to go, like, it, talking about all this, it, it just makes me think of the possibilities of Andor and all that. Yeah. And, uh, maybe we'll see some crossover in that. Um, not to get sidetracked with that, but the first season, the first season of Andor is confirmed to be set in the same year as the first season of Rebels, and that can't be an accident. Ooh. Evans, yeah. uh, Evans, my fiance, and his favorite character is Cassian. Um, my favorite Rebels character is Callus. Evan cosplays Cassian. I cosplay Callus, and even though I ship Callus with Zeb more than any other character. <laughs> Just because of that, like, I kind of shit Cassian and Callus. Like, they're both fulcrum agents. They're both spies. Yeah. They're both really it. sexy. Um, <laughs> and I'm sure Disney is not going to let them make out in Andor. But if they just meet, if, if we get one episode with, like, multiple fulcrum agents in it, like, I will die great. happy. Okay. I'll write the awesome. fanfic. I'll make it saucy. Disney doesn't have to, but that would make me very happy. Get it going. Just like start doing it like right now. Like uh, we've always like ever since like watching this for the first time, like once uh Callus's little piece of hair just falls in front of his face, I'm like, oh, he's crossed the line. Oh. He's now a sexy Callus. Like in my head, Do you remember Agent Callus lives yes. rent free as sexy Callus. That is all he is in my head. Like nothing else. <laughs> that that was Twitter the day after this. Episode. I can imagine. Yeah. Hot Callus. Like, hot hot Callus. Hashtag hot Callus. This is Callis. it. I I am such a sucker for, uh, like, beat-up sad boys. Like, oh, no. say what you want about Netflix's Daredevil, like, going downhill around, like, season three. But Charlie Cox beat to a pulp and, like, crying about his Catholic guilt is everything. And, like, beat-up callous in this episode. He's all, like bruised he's got like a bloody lip he just looks so sad and defeated and then his hair yeah. is like hanging down i'm just like oh my god i love how mm. like they, they kept it simple too with showing how he is fully defected by just um making his hair just 
down and not fully in peril anymore that's always something that i appreciated just like storytelling wise like for a visual that it's like oh if he's imperial his hair is totally slicked back and totally proper but like as a rebel nah, yeah. let it loose you gotta just like let it hang out it's fantastic. yeah he's so i'm look i'm a fan of making uh pretentious former film student statements about star wars movies i will die on the hill <laughs> that the millennium falcon is a main character of the empire strikes back and that the planet naboo is the main character of the phantom menace similarly alexander Callus himself is the main character of this episode he is the protagonist he goes on a journey he grows yeah. and he is rewarded for it and he looks good doing yeah. it i mean his whole arc throughout the course of Rebels is, in my opinion, the most interesting. Um, yeah. I think he grows so much from the pilot episode through uh, his boyfriend adventure with the dumb rock, through <laughs> Imperial Eyes, through Zero Hour, and then up through season four. I would say my... Yeah. Redemption story. Yeah. Star Wars. My <laughs> only criticism since, of since Rebels Prince Zuko, is... He, is oh, yeah <laughs> i wish we got more callous early on like i i never would have said that as season one was airing but in hindsight yeah he's so interesting i will uh, always have a soft spot for characters who like have a falling out of an important institution uh Leaving the evangelical church will do that to you. But, you like, uh, Ahsoka leaving the Jedi Order and, like, a huge part of the reason why I love Anakin is, like, because of that. Um, it didn't work out so great for him, but, like, you put it through that perspective and it makes a lot more sense yeah. why he felt like he couldn't, like, talk about his issues. Um, but, like, that's why I love Callus so much and why I relate to him so much is... Like those, he thought he was doing the right thing. He thought he was part of an organization that was helping people. And the realization of like, actually I'm here and I'm very alone and I don't have any friends. And, uh, the people around me are actually probably not very good people. And maybe this institution is doing more harm than good. And, oh God, I think I've made a huge mistake and my entire life is fucked. What do I do? Uh, I can't admit this. If I do, they'll kill me. This is not good. Oh boy, I'm in over my head. Like, yeah, that's real relatable. I can't I even Callus. imagine, but I, <laughs> yeah, that's, ah. Uh. The end of the episode sums it up so well, too, because, you know, Kanan and Callus have a moment, and we've both kind of known them as, like, butting heads. They were the original kind of maybe rivals, and Callus is like, thanks for saving me, and Kanan says something like, uh, you know, thanks for risking it all or something like that. And that's just, that was such a perfect moment. Uh, I tweeted about this as I was watching it. Kanan like puts his hand on Callus's shoulder and like, you know, makes, I was going to say eye contact, but he's got the helmet <laughs> on, but like, he's trying his best. you know, quote, quote unquote, like looks him in the eyes and says like, no, thank you for risking everything. And Callus like almost smiles. He yeah. almost smiles in the elevator when he, like, is planning his escape. He kind of, like, makes yeah. eye contact with the camera, and it's almost a smile. But then this is almost even more of a smile, and we we don't get, like, a full callous smile till season four. But it's, like, he's so happy to fucking belong, and it's so heartbreaking. I love that yeah. moment. It's yeah. so good. Let callous be happy. Yeah, he deserves yeah. it. I mean, we know he is in the end. Hell, I'd like to see him show up in Rangers of the New Republic. I was going like, to say what that. Is he, what is he doing these days? Yeah. My, my like, top two, like, dream casting for Rangers, like, it'll never happen, but, like, Sinji or Callus. Yeah. Are two characters I would love to see there. Uh, I love both of them for very similar reasons. They both, you know, Imperial defectors. Um, but yeah, God, give me, give me any more Ghost Crew and shit. Like, I'm, I'm sure we'll get more Hera. Like, she's yeah. been popping up all yeah. over the place. But I would love to see Zeb or Callus. I would love to know what um, 
you know, AP5 is up too. And I think with I love I AP5. Mean, Callus, <laughs> AP5 is brilliant. He's I, I forgot that he sang until I rewatched that episode and I fell in love all over again. <laughs> Uh, rewatching the episodes, like he's like is in he has like literally just one line when they're like making the evacuations and whatnot. But um, I just love seeing him in the background and how he's fully full fledged part of like the res- uh not the resistance the rebellion at this point. And I I just love how his relationship with Chopper and how Chopper will gave his like extra leg and whatnot, just like yeah whatever here you go. But <laughs> it's just super cute to like have like their little friendship going on and then how AP five does um. He's a big part of their crew as well, and it's just it's just funny to have. And you can't beat the Alan Rickman like voice. I just it's just wonderful. <laughs> they're yes. they're emotionally unbalanced R two and three PO is what they are. Yeah, and they're perfect. And it yeah they are. And I I think I don't know. I I I also wish we got more AP five in this show. I know that there was no room for it, but I wish he had been introduced earlier. You could drop that episode in mm-hmm. season two with no issue. And then, I don't know. Love that droid. But I think, I mean, going back to Rangers, like, I feel like Agent Callus would absolutely sign up to be a Ranger of the New Republic because he's about order. He, he mm. The Rangers of yeah. the New Republic, the Marshals, are doing what Callus thought he was doing in the ISB. I will say I don't want him to become a cop. True, that's a good point. Like, as a as a homosexual, you know, cops have never really been our friends. <laughs> uh, so I, I, I really don't want Callus to become a cop, but if mm. it's, like, a special forces team, or, like, like, there's a way to do it and not have it feel like, yeah, oh, he's, he's part of the problem again. Yeah. Um, and I would, I would love that. I'm assuming Rangers of the New Republic is kind of going to be setting up Rogue Squadron. Like, we still don't know for sure the logo what looks Rogue very, Squadron is going to be. Yeah, but the logo looks very aviation to me. Like, I, it had, like, wings on the side, the Rangers logo. It was very Going back to the, the fucking bonkers episode we dropped uh, of just Ronnie and I freaking out about the, the new shows that were announced. Yeah. Um... <laughs> I, I I shot out the idea that like, if Thrawn is coming back, and all of these shows are setting up to Thrawn in a kind of very MCU Thanos-ish kind of way, uh, I think that'd be really cool. I know more people are saying that now, but I said it like the fucking weekend it <laughs> yes, got you announced. Did. So I'm very proud of myself for that. But um, I'd be super cool if this was all going to that, and we got more Rebels characters. Yes. It's a good story. Because, like, call up call up Uncle Zeb and Uncle Callus and be like, hey, the Blueberry's back. We gotta go kick his ass again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've always been under the opinion of, you know, uh, I just think Rebels is a better story. If I had to pick between Rebels and Clone Wars, not that I have to, I've always thought Rebels was the, I prefer it more. Um, just as a storytelling thing than Clone Wars, I guess. You know, I know yeah. people will get angry at that probably, but... <laughs> not not here. <laughs> I it, don't know. But it feels... It, because it is a story. Clone Wars isn't really a story. Rebels... Yeah. I, I hadn't really thought... Before you said that, Andy, in that episode, I hadn't really thought about the show's building to an MCU-type event, and I still don't know how I feel about that, but if you're gonna do it, it had better be Thrawn. Because brings Rebels into the fold. You know, the, the Mandalorian was not the beginning of linear Star Wars storytelling on television. Mm-hmm. Well, we've, we've, I mean, the whole point of watching the episodes in the order we're doing is to talk about the Mandalorian stuff. So we True. should talk about the Mandalorians in this episode, and I think specifically Thrawn, because yeah. we have not seen Thrawn to this date during this rewatch we're doing. This is the first Thrawn right. Mando episode. Yeah, because this was his and, first season. Um, I think the most significant thing to happen here is that Thrawn loses, and it's the Mandalorian's fault. Ooh. Like, 
the whole thing with Thrawn is he never ever loses unless something happens that he could not have predicted. And yeah. he um, totally didn't see it coming. That was uh, the whole point of everything he left. Oh, geez. Uh, he leaves Governor Price behind, which I always found as a weird move because like, she's not really a strategic person, but whatever. He leaves her behind to control the fleet and just goes and does his business on Adelon. And then he doesn't even consider the fact that they'll come back with help and really doesn't consider the fact that they'll be coming back with Mandalorians, which is a really big oversight on his part because he knows that one of the core members of the Ghost crew is a Mandalorian. But it's it's really interesting that he just like literally let it happen. Um, it's interesting to think, like, did he know he was doing it on purpose that the Mandalorians are going to come up? Probably not. Definitely not. But no, I don't think he knew. <laughs> I think a big a big thing we we get with the Mandalorians is that um, Ursa Wren says we can't help because we're dealing with a civil war, mm-hmm. and so I think Thrawn's biggest oversight was like, I mean, Ezra does leave in a Mandalorian ship. And Thrawn does know that Sabine is a Mando, but I think his assumption of they can't divide their forces anymore, and even if they did come back with a handful, they couldn't change the tide of the battle. Yeah. But, like, he didn't count on the Wrens being like, fuck the Civil War, like, we're gonna go save everyone, like, and yeah, he done fucked up. He fucked up big time. (laughs) Huge. I forgot what was Thrawn's plan here because he obliterates their shields and like nearly kills them all. Um, and then you know, he ceases fire, and you know, Rex and Zeb were like, Oh, the shield held. Um, I know he wants to capture them, but when he gets down there, he kind of shows that, um, you know, he's like, General Sindula, surrender, or you know, we'll kill everyone off one by one. Like, what is his plan here? He, He had them. It's like the classic Bond villain thing of like, oh, I almost had you, but I'm going to say a speech and then you'll get away. I was just going to say, he likes um, to talk. I just didn't understand. He likes to talk and just like show off his plan and show off how smart he is, but then actually put it into action, which is interesting. I mean, he he is Sherlock Holmes, so he does like to monologue about how smart yeah. he is. He does. Um, I think the the other thing he didn't foresee was the space moose. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because he, you're right. Like he does capture them. They, they are going to make either a heroic last stand or surrender. We don't quite know what they were about to do. Um, it seems like probably throw down. Uh, and then the space moose unleashes space lightning. Confusing. Why do you weird. call the Bendu a space moose? Because if anything, the Bendu kind of looks like a giant ape slash turtle with a beard. I he, see a moose. He's got the he's got the the, the moose the moose horns. I yeah, I, I see mean, the it, moose it, with it's the it's long It's like a big face. shell. I kind of see yeah, a gorilla I, with a turtle shell. That's what I've always seen. Huh. I love the Bendu though. That's like on any given day, if someone mentions a Kanan, like I will say back to you, oh, Kanan Jarus Jedi Knight. Because that's how the Bendu <laughs> always calls Kanan. And uh, it's, it just makes me laugh every single time. It shouldn't be make me laugh because the Bendu is kind of terrifying with what he ends up doing in these episodes. But I just can't help but like laugh a little bit when he shows up. And now I'm laughing even harder because you're calling him a moose. He's funny. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he is. I think he's kind of a dick. He is oh, a little huge. bit of a yeah. dick. Huge. He, but he's, I mean, he's I mean, he is funny. He is funny, but yeah, I agree. He refuses to pick sides until Kanan literally is like, no, you you need to pick a side because that that's just not who you can be. And like, it's perfect allegory for like real life. You can't just like stand on the sidelines yes. of the screen. You need to pick a side, even though you don't really like want to. You, you do at the end of the day. And I love how the Bendu is just like, well, I'm going to pick a side and it's going to be all of you people against me and you all need to leave. <laughs> Please just get out. Of yeah, this. I love how that's that's the final decision. Yeah, I mean, he. Uh, I love that he's voiced by a Doctor Who. Also, that's yeah. very fun. Really, that's the oh, second really? time well, this yeah, has he's happened. Tom, Tom Baker. Tom Baker. Yeah, Tom Baker. Huh. Oh, okay. Nice. Yeah, yeah. That. That's Dave Filoni. I believe Dave's wife is a big Doctor Who fan. So David Tennant plays the lightsaber maker droid, and Tom Baker plays. Huh. Who Yang? Yeah, who? Yeah, 
Hu Yang? Hu Yang. Yeah, I think and so. Then, uh, Illinois, right? Yeah, and and yeah, yep, yep. and Tom Baker is the is the Bendu. That's funny. I love how yeah. on the Will last we see like, the Bendu again. I think if they go back to Adelon, I wouldn't see why, because the Bendu is probably still there. I mean, yeah. Ron thinks he like is doing his one shot to kill him, and then the Bendu is just like, oh, oh no, he didn't kill me. At, He's just yeah. gone. The the weirdest, coolest Easter egg at Galaxy's Edge is if you take a light side holocron, which is blue, and a Sith holocron, which is red, and activate them too close to each other, whether you just do it in the store or you buy them, uh, the Bendu speaks, and they both turn purple. Huh. I love Major, that. we gotta get them! That's it! We're getting those! I thought the secret <laughs> at Batu. It's if you go in the bathroom and listen real close, <laughs> you can hear the Bendu. <laughs> yes, yes. Get your get your two drink minimum at Oka's and go to the bathroom, and the Bendu will. Oh my gosh! <laughs> Is uh, bring but, but it back in, to Mando. Well, yes, important, yes, real quick, <laughs> real quick. If you're going into the bathroom at Galaxy's Edge to listen to the Bendu, there's three stalls, but don't go to the left one and don't go to the right one because he's the one in the middle. I'm really funny. <laughs> Bringing it back well done, to Mando's. Ryan. Thank you. Is this the first time we see Mando's fight in space? Yes. Oh, that is... I have a question about that written down. Sorry. What's so, up? So, how can they breathe in space? I didn't think those helmets were sealed off. Magic. Star Wars. Okay. Perfect. This, this comes up every single time. Every single time. Because it baffles me daily. I know it's animated and I know it's Star Wars, but it's also like... How come Ezra's I, in a spacesuit and the Mandalorians are not? <laughs> if if you, I tell myself that there's an air tank in the jetpacks, but also if you look at Sabine, anytime they shoot her from below, her helmet does have a seal around her neck. That's a good detail, uh, at least. I'm, I tried to get a look. Yeah, but... it's it's just an interesting yeah. like perspective of it though, because like it's her same exact like like undersuit in um, armor, and it's nothing additional. So it's just like, how are you not like exploding? That, that's just something no, that, that boggles my mind. <laughs> my no prize uh, was going to be that, like, all the Mandos put on a special mask before they put their <laughs> there helmets on. There we go. On. Yeah, I would I, go with that. Yeah. Yeah, Jaren yeah. couldn't breathe underwater. No. True. So. Mm. But he's in a cult. All, Maybe all his arm those... is different. True, true. And then all of the new helmets, not Sinjarin's, but all of the Night Owls, the Bo-Katan, and whatnot, they, um, all the new live-action helmets, they have a definite seal, like, underneath, which is interesting. So Do that. That's awesome. Yeah, it's very slight, like, ridge. It's, like, an inch in and whatnot, but, like, there's been, like, visuals popping up about it, and it's like, oh, jeez, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> I like but that. But them, them flying around on the interdictor... Uh, like launching their missiles in in sequence at the uh, the gravity wells and like fighting off the the stormtroopers with jetpacks, all that shit is really good. And there's tie fighters flying around. And That's is Ezra such... wearing a Republic era spacesuit? I thought I yes. saw the Republic cog on his shoulder. He is, and it was very reminiscent of the uh, the Clone Wars goofy ones that like Anakin and. Uh, Ahsoka wear? Oh, he must. Yes. That, that yeah. would be the only explanation. Yeah. yeah, I looked at the... I always look at the StarWars.com episode guides for these because they have, like, fun little trivia in there about deleted scenes <laughs> or different stuff. And it says the intention was that, like, Ezra's got this old, rickety Republic surplus spacesuit and could fall apart at any minute. I like that. Just like Ezra. That's good. Yeah. I love exactly. seeing... Clone Wars tech in the Galactic Civil War. Yeah! Yes. I mean, Captain it, Rex? It, no, I'm kidding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was really I bad. love that shit. <laughs> yeah. It's, it makes sense, you know? The Rebels would definitely have to resort to surplus. Mm. I love how all it takes is just those, like, six or so Mandalorians to just fire their missiles directly at the interdictor, and that's what blows it up. It's just like, wait a second, like, a few well, well-aimed <laughs> shots aren't going to blow this up, but six Mandalorians with their rockets can blow it up? Okay. <laughs> I thought that was just the shield stuff. going down, wasn't? Yeah, Wasn't there a strafing right. run that happened, too? I think yeah, you're right. Yeah, it definitely, there's like, something... disrupts the shield, but there's... It's, it's, a, it's just funny, because the entire scene is... It shouldn't be funny, 
but it is funny in like my head because it's of how like they're literally running on the uh, running in space. I know it's an animation, but <laughs> what are we doing running in space? <laughs> Everything's funny to Jamie. Yeah. We can tell ourselves that the interdictor has gravity, because isn't that the whole point? I, I can pull any explanation out of my ass for Star Wars. Ooh. I make I, that is true. I make it... so many excuses huh. for Star Wars. Don't we all? The whole point of it is with the gravity wells, and so they can be running along it, but I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well, that's why when people are like, uh, excuse me, like the Holdo maneuver <laughs> doesn't work because of this arbitrary rule that was in this source book, and it's like, well, Space. like, don't get me wrong, galaxy, like, stories do have to have inconsistent logic, mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. But Star Wars is always more about, like, the moment and the story than, like, the space physics. Like, it's yeah. not, like, it's not super concerned about that. <laughs> yeah, so, like, the, you know... How powerful is a Mandalorian rocket as established by this story versus, you know, how powerful are an interdictor shields? What's cool is six Mandos teaming up with Ezra and launching the rockets all at once. And it's just good fun. Like, it's it's cool. It's it's a fun moment. Yeah, I agree. It's the the cool factor. That's what matters. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Is there anything else that worked for us? Any other high points that we want to point out in these two very fun episodes? There was um, the Bendu foreshadows the whole end of Rebels. Yeah. With many arms surrounding you in a cold embrace. Yeah. So literal. This was the first time I watched that episode or that these episodes since I finished Rebels totally. So I was like, oh, wow, like there it is. Yeah. What would honestly make me really happy is if Thrawn does end up coming back, which, you know, seems extremely likely. Yeah. Is if it turns out that prophecy was talking about his actual end and that it wasn't so literal. Like if oh, the squid arms cool. were a uh a uh, a red herring and yeah. whatever Thrawn's actual demise is is the, you know, as if being surrounded by many cold arms. Could happen. Prophecies yeah, can be wrong. I like Bendu might like be wrong. A yeah. lot of dead people or something. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah, well, I feel like I if, like if Thrawn is coming back and if Thrawn is the Thanos here, then, I mean, surrounded by many arms could be the protagonists of the various posters turn of the Jedi TV shows that they've announced coming together against him. I mean... The Bendu's basically pitching a Thrawn endgame. <laughs> I'm the one in between. <laughs> or it'll be like Boba Fett in Legends, and he'll just fall in another Sarlacc pit, and Thrawn <laughs> will just get carried off by more space whales again. I love oh, it. Geez. Please. Four Sarlacc pits, I think, is Boba Fett's record in Legends. It's very bad. Oh, my favorite <laughs> oh, my is God. Jawas of Doom when he gets out of the Sarlacc pit. What? And then by the end of the comic, he is back in the Sarlacc pit. Yeah, they strap him to a sandcrawler and ram the sandcrawler down a That's Sarlacc's right. throat. The Sarlacc <laughs> eats the whole sandcrawler. Oh, boy. oh, good Jawas times. Jawas are brutal. <sighs> yeah, right? yeah. What were they gosh. thinking in Legends? They weren't. Uh, they, weren't. These points. they weren't always. They weren't. They were, yeah, they were, don't get me wrong, there's some great stuff in Legends, oh, and totally. even the bad stuff, I I still love and enjoy for what it is. I'm a Jackson the Rabbit fan. Yeah. But uh, there was a period where they were they were giving out Star Wars IPs to anyone who was willing <laughs> to pay the money for them, and it shows. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, speaking of things that didn't work, is there anything in these two episodes that did not work for you? I think I only have one thing, and it's very small. Other than the the breathing in space thing, that I mean, that's easily glossed over. But like, uh, that was the only thing that like slightly bothered me. But I got over it. So yeah, I got nothing. My thing is, I like when characters with physical disabilities are written well and i think overall kanan in the tradition of the blind jedi master which is like its own thing in star wars now 
is written really well. Like um, you have the uh, General Coda from Force Unleashed, and you have uh, Chorit from Rogue One. Mm-hmm. My issue is him driving a speeder bike. <laughs> is I was gonna mention that actually. Kind of a step too far for me. Yeah. Like I can get that the force helps him, you know, de- deflect blaster fire still for sure. You know, like it's not like you're using your eyes when you're a Jedi to deflect blaster fire. And we see Luke do it with the helmet like the first time we ever see someone use the force. So mm-hmm. like for sure, like I get it. He can still go out on missions and uh, be a huge asset in the field like that. But fucking driving a car. Yeah, that's a little feels much. a bit too far for for me. Now maybe you we can no prize it away and say there was autopilot on that speeder bike. You know, but, maybe there's a, a there's an explanation here somewhere. But there's a uh, but when those blasts start landing, they are landing on him directly, and he's swerving the bike with every little thing. So yeah. he's either predicting mm-hmm. where those blasts are going to be landing or something like that. It's it's. It's just absolutely insane. I feel like if um, someone else is driving like another speeder next to him, like if Ezra is driving his own thing, maybe he can like tell where Ezra is and therefore figure out the velocity and whatnot while he's whatever. Crazy science. Um, and so he can figure it out to follow. Yeah. Like on his own. Eh. <laughs> I agree. Yeah. Like- it's it, it, it's just a step too far. And yeah. like, again, I fully get it. He's a <laughs> Jedi. He doesn't need his eyes, you know, to to be in to see in like a spiritual sense and like it heightens his other sense. You, you know, there, yeah. there's all sorts of, you know, bonker space magic you can explain with it. But yeah. um I would prefer for his loss of eyesight to um you know be be an obstacle that the story, you know, has Kanan overcoming in, you know, kind of more plausible real life ways that that real life blind people have to, you yeah. know, overcome Agreed. and work around. You know, I'm not I'm not looking for like inspiration porn about Kanan's <laughs> um, disability. Like, you know, I, I'm not saying it needs to be that, but um, I, I do wish it was handled maybe in a slightly more delicate way. And him using space magic to drive a car is. Uh, even worse, it's a, it's a motorcycle. Like, oh my god, yeah, guys, he can't see. Why is he driving a motorcycle? <laughs> a I always get a kick out of how like actual like a uh, like stylized motorcycle that speeder looks like for what he always uh, drives. It's silly. Oh, that's a good. They're um. He's a cowboy. He is a cowboy. He is cowboy dad. Okay, but um, that's Caden's entire arc on Adelon is him trying to deal with his blindness and it. It's it's weird because it goes pretty much into not too quickly, but by the end of the season, just he's just relying on the force and it's not really like adapting to as if he didn't have use of the force. And it's literally second nature. Like no one even bats an eye that he's blind anymore. I mean, that's that's good. But at the same time, like they should still be like acknowledging, wait a second. Are shouldn't someone go with you or are you fine by yourself? But I don't know. Desperate I loved times. it on Avatar where like. There are moments where, you know, the gang needs, you know, someone to see and like, you know, or not see, God, someone to read something. (laughs) And because like Toph can't see, like that's an issue or, you know, like Avatar handled Toph's blindness really, really well. And like it it wasn't that she was a less valuable member of the team because she was blind. She had these other skills that were, you know, incredible, but the fact that she was blind was sometimes, uh, a disadvantage for her. Mm -hmm. Um, dragon prince handles disability in really great ways. Uh, like there's a character who's deaf and that is sometimes inconvenient. And then other times like she's being held prisoner and she is able to sign to her lieutenant that, like, it's a trap. And because she, like, doesn't say it, the baddies don't, like, hear her communicating. Mm-hmm. Like, she sign languages it. And it's fucking cool. Like, it was so well done. 
uh, that scene where she's being held, uh, like at, at gunpoint. Um, and it's just something that I think rebels at times with Kanan could have done better. And this is just like a glaring example of it where he's like fucking driving this (laughs) motorcycle through explosions. Yeah. It's something overall star Wars is edging into, um, accommodating more characters with disabilities essentially and they're they're dipping their toes very slightly into trying to figure out how they even want to like do this and they're trying question mark <laughs> but there's other shows yeah. other content out there that are doing it so much better at the moment like you just illustrated two perfect examples exactly i i have not been the kindest to timothy zahn's writing uh over the years <laughs> um <laughs> Uh, I do think the Thrawn trilogy was very vital for its time, and he did some things great in it and some things not so great, looking at Leia. Um, but there's a scene in it where Luke uh, like takes advantage of the fact that he has a prosthetic limb. Hmm. And I thought that was great writing. That's right. Because how often do we see Luke ever dealing with the fact that he is missing a limb and has a prosthetic? Um, yeah, it almost never matters. Yeah, even yeah. back in even back in the '90s, Star Wars at times was doing really great stuff, featuring yeah. you know disability. Uh, and it's you know this was what 2014. It could have it could have uh, maybe uh, handled it better at times. Even more recent, this one was this came out shortly. Even later, this came out shortly after Rogue One. This was twenty like early 2017. Oh, wow. Yeah, because the Saw Gerrera episode was the first episode after Rogue One, and that was very much intentional, and that was season three. Save the dream. Hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, other than that... I mean, yeah, overall, these two episodes are really good. I don't think they're anyone's, like, favorite, you know? Like, I, I think there are other season premieres and season finales that people remember a bit more. And uh, this was coming at the tail end of two, like, really great episodes with um, Through Imperial Eyes and uh, the Maul one. Yeah, Twin Sons. Yeah. Twin Sons, yeah. 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 So, yeah. like, I do think this gets a little overshadowed by those two episodes, which people tend to rave about. But, you know, still a really solid finale. Yeah, solid finale for a... Solid season. Very and, solid season. Yeah, and does a good job setting up what's to come with both the Mandalore conflict and the uh, the attack on Lothal. Yeah, it's almost like they felt like they couldn't go there yet, and so this, yes. in, in a way, is almost like a placeholder, mm. but it doesn't feel like a placeholder. Like, it does no. set up, yeah, we need to go and liberate Mandalore, and yeah, we need to go and liberate Lothal, but we're not allowed to do that yet. But that doesn't mean we can't have a rip-roaring good time right here, right now. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, they, they, it's their baby steps. They gotta do this this little thing first before they can really jump to the big things. Alright, well, I think that's gonna do it for us. Uh, Jam and AJ, thank you so much for joining yeah. us. Yeah, yeah definitely. It was, thank you. It was a pleasure. Thank Thanks for having us. Where can people find y'all? Uh, well, we're on social media everywhere jointly as uh, at Holland at Marauders, or Twitter is just at Holland at Marauder. And then my personal's Jam the Jedi. There's two M's in there. Do you want me to say yours? Uh, you can find me on Instagram <laughs> as Boston Kylo. And um, I run the Holland at Marauder Twitter for the most part. So you can find me on there. And um, yeah. I will definitely recommend the episode that Ryan and Becca were on talking about the Phantom <laughs> Menace. It was yeah. a yes. damn good time. <laughs> That, that was, was a good time. If you need more Ryan and Becca in your life, go listen to that one. <laughs> I don't know who does. Well, more Becca is always good. Both is good. Oh, well, that's going to do it for us. <laughs> Follow us on Twitter at Force Friends Pod. Uh, shoot us an email at forcefriendsrewatch at gmail.com. We want to give a huge thank you to Bristol Podworks for that intro. And for being our producer, go reach out to them to make your podcast dreams come true. And lastly, we have teamed up with uh, another Bristol Podworks uh, podcast, Ending Pending, which I am on, uh, to form a Patreon, 
where they may radio is the name of the network, and then the Patreon is Patreon slash W T M Radio? That sounds right. I don't know. Give us money somewhere. There's a place somewhere where you can give us money, and Ronnie is going to be mad at me when he listens to this <laughs> with me fucking it up real bad. And Ryan doesn't know shit, because Ryan doesn't do any of this. And it's I'm all so on sorry. Me. I appreciate and sometimes you're you juggling a lot, scene. and you drop a ball. So you know you what? Do. No one should be mad at me. This is all Ryan's fault. <laughs> I don't know the name of our Patreon. So fuck Entirely you, Ryan. Entirely my fault. Entirely my fault. I hope all this makes it in. Well, Ronnie, Ronnie doesn't give a shit. He'll put it all in. Oh my god! Anyway, this has been fun. This has been a lot of Marauders is is great. Listen to their show. Yeah, they're gonna let me on someday. Do do y'all cuss on there? We cuss here. We haven't yet, but I mean, try not to. I don't know. But good to know. We we, we will try not to too. in in our intro, we say we cuss, so you're allowed to cuss here. Yeah, I heard that. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I will. I if if I do ever guest, I will I will do very well at not cussing. Okay. Okay. Right. It's not a big deal if you do. This, but we'll, is, we'll figure it out. Like this is the ending now. In other people's houses. Tell tell the boy about tell the boy about his parents. Tell the boy about his parents. That's how we sign off. Don't because cuss he deserves to unless know. you have to. Don't cuss unless you have to, or if it makes the show more interesting and chaotic. Where they may radio.